do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. In this episode, I want to give some advice about writing. In fact, particularly writing about your practice if you're a teacher or if you've done some research, how you might write about it in a short article that people can get hold of easily or read quickly. Now, obviously, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll have realised that I've had a book out recently. Well, actually, I'm saying it's a book that I've written, but it's not. I've written one tenth of it. Um, So I've got some experience of writing. And I know that when I came into academic work 10 years ago, the idea of writing was quite off-putting because I make the joke that, let's face it, in design and technology, when we're a practicing teacher or a designer or a technologist, we don't, we don't kind of really write in full paragraphs. Um, sometimes we even struggle to write in a full sentence when we're annotating our sketches. So the idea for me of what I've just achieved in terms of um, editing a book and in my thesis that I submitted a few years ago of 80,000 words, that was kind of an insurmountable idea, an unachievable idea. So I want to share some ideas here about how I got started, but also how I would now approach to write a, a short article. For example, if you're in the UK, the Design and Technology Practice magazine, how I might sort of think about writing something for that type of magazine, what I would call a professional magazine. So I'm not talking here about how we write articles that are research articles, but more the articles that might be anything between 500 and 1500 words about what we're doing in the classroom. I'll talk in another podcast about why I think it's important that people in design and technology write about what they're doing. So here, but here I just want to sort of talk a little bit about how do you get started and how do you go about it? So let's just kind of break it down a little bit and think, well, if we're going to write a 500 to 1500 word, um, not assignment, Greg, you can really hear that I'm in uh, lecture mode with my students at the university. If you're going to write a 500 to 1500 word article, you're sort of talking a short blog post or a a, a magazine article. Now, put very simply, a paragraph's round about 250 words. That's kind of like my general rule of thumb. So if you're doing 500 words, it's two paragraphs. If you're doing 1500 words, it's six paragraphs. Now, as soon as you break it down like that, because I think that's one of the first intimidating things is how many words, okay? 
So, so breaking it down like that helps. So once we kind of can see that this is something manageable, then we can start to think about what might we write. Now, we'll have an idea maybe about what we might write. You might want to write about a new project you've been teaching in your schools or a new approach you've had to, to curriculum planning. Might be all sorts of different things, and I'll talk about some more ideas later on. But once you've got that nub of an idea, you know, write something down. I want to write about whatever it is. And the reason I want to write about it is this. And the reason I think other people will be interested in reading about it is this. And that immediately gives you a pitch of the article and you can start to see if the whole thing will hang together. Because if you've only got 500 words, you've really got to be focused. And if you've got 1500 words, you can't drift off and go on to lots of different things. So writing that first bit about, I want to write about, this is why I want to write about it, and this is who I think will be interested, actually really helps you frame it and get it started. And it'll come use, come in use for something else I'm going to talk about in a moment. So once you've got that, you need to start thinking about where am I going to write this? Who, which article, which magazine, which blog am I going to do this for? And the next stage is once you've decided on that, when you might have a little bit of a, a, a fish around and see what there is, you might think I'm going to aim for a TES blog if you're in England, or I said the DNT Practice Magazine, or Future Minds from Apps, or one of the many blogs that are out there. Go and have a nosy around. What's the style? What are they looking for? How long are they? All right, so just get some idea about where you might be aiming to get your writing published. By doing that, you start to get a flavour of what they're looking for in terms of who's going to read it and what the style is like. And you start to pick up on things like paragraph length. When I've said 250 words, might be less, might be more. But that's kind of a rough rule of thumb. Sentence length. Length. Um, Dave Parry at Cleaps has gone and sent me the guidance that they use for the Future Minds um, magazine. And their magazine articles are 500 words from external contributors. And one of the good points he makes is about your sentence length. So I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I will not name names, who said that they had an 85 word sentence. Well, that kind of starts to struggle for readability. So that's why looking at these different articles in these different places, you start to get a sense. And you also start to realise, well, I can do that. I can write an article that's at length. I can write something better than that. I can write a contrary position to what they've said in, for example, D&T practice about using new technologies. I've got a different perspective. So it also gives you a space of thinking, well, I could do this by looking at these different articles. So you've got the idea. You start to think about where you're going to write it for, which magazine you're going to try and aim it at, because that's always worth, really worth thinking about. And once you start to get the magazine or the blog or wherever it is that you want to aim your article for publication, then you start to get a better idea of who reads it. Because different people read things in different ways. So the book that I've just published, Learning to Teach Design and Technology, it's written for people who are in their training for becoming a design and technology teacher. It's not written for experienced teachers. It's written for student teachers. So it has a particular tone and a particular style. Now, I'm not saying the book's not useful for other people. 
but that's who it's marketed at and that's who it's for. If you're writing a text for your A-level students, if you're a teacher, you know, your 16 to 18 year olds, you write it in a very different way than you do for your 11 year olds or your eight year olds. So thinking about who is going to read it is really important. And again, helps you think about what's the purpose and what are people gonna get out of what I've written? Now, when you do that, I take that a stage further and I'd actually picture those people. Who are the people that you want to read this? You might want to think about why you want them to read it. Because you want them to employ you. You want them to um, engage you to talk about your work. Um, You want to open a conversation with them. You want to shape what other people think. You know, you're And you're taking part in the conversation that they're having about this particular topic in design and technology. So thinking about who is going to read it is really important. And a good friend of mine, Rowena Murray, she suggests that you actually write these names down and you write down three to five names. And it really focuses your mind. So we've got the topic. We've got the reason why. We've got where you're going to write it for. And you've got who's going to read it. And that's really starting to shape the tone of your article. So what's next? Well, we still haven't written it yet and we're still not going to write it yet. My suggestion is, is that you write to the editor. And, you know, I've I've put, I'm going to put some names in the show notes of editors of two magazines that have given me some information that I can share with you. So Willie Adams at Design and Technology Association and Dave Parry at Cleaps. You know, well, email them and pitch it. Keep it short, the email. Dear Dave, I'm thinking of writing an article about this. It will focus on this. And I think it will be of interest to your readers because of this. Let me know what you think. As as straightforward as that. Pitch it, get it clear. And then what you'll get, hopefully, I'm pretty sure because I've had feedback from Dave and Willie when I've pitched articles, is, well, that's really interesting. But we're not ready for that. For example, you might get that. You might get, well, the next magazine's full. And actually the next one after that's on this particular theme. So what about this one? Okay. So you might, they might kind of put you off and you might think, oh, well, you're doing one about that. I can write about that instead. So you might go back and pitch them something different. They might also give you some feedback and say, that sounds really interesting. But what about if? Okay. Or they might be really upfront. And I get this. That's just not suitable. Okay. It's not really where we're at. But they might also suggest where you could target with your article. So we've still not got to the point of writing. Okay. Now I'm probably going to talk about that in more detail in another podcast. But hopefully that's starting you to think about how do you do it? How do you get to that point? You've got an idea you want to write. Okay. You read some of these articles in these different magazines and think, I've got something better than that. I've got something more original than that. This is my suggestion of how you approach it. Work out what you're writing about, why you're writing it, who's going to read it, where you're going to write it for, specifically who's going to read it, and then pitch it to the editor. Once you get some feedback, then you can start to really draft it. You might have lots written. I mean, 500 words for the Cleats magazine, that shouldn't take too long anyway. But a couple of top tips. First of all, just write. Don't edit and write, just write. Write it and then edit it. Okay, don't worry about spelling, write it. Then worry about spelling when you edit it. Once you've done that, get somebody else to read it. 
and and not not somebody's going to go oh this is wonderful okay because my mum loves me and she hasn't read my book but if she had she would say this is fantastic of course she would but what I'm being you know let's be serious here is we need somebody to be a critical friend and when you ask them to read it ask them what you want feedback on the content the readability okay you might not ask them about the punctuation and grammar you might try somewhere else for that and then when you get it back and you edit it and it just makes it better it that's what it does it makes it better it's painful I know it's painful to get feedback on what you've written but it's worth it another top tip read it out loud and this isn't read it in your head this is read it out loud the first time I did this um, was about six years ago I did it for a six page report I'd written as part of my doctoral study and I went upstairs and I printed it out I sat in the spare bedroom uh, so that my husband couldn't hear the the horrible words that I knew I was going to read out and I had so many annotations after the first two pages of reading I thought I've got to go and deal with this before I can do any more you know it was really painful but I have to say it was so much better for doing it and if you're at all interested, I did an 80,000 word thesis. And yes, I read the whole thing out loud. It took me two days solid, but I read it. And I like to think that my examiners appreciated it. Um, but it did make it so much better and so much more coherent. So that's what I'd suggest you do. And then make sure you meet the submission deadline. So both CLEAPS and the DNT Practice magazine have um, three publications a year. You can contact them. And ask them when the deadlines are. Uh, Dave Parry says first couple of weeks in a term because they try and publish it out in half term. And then um, Willie at designing uh, the DNT practice magazine is approximately two months prior to the publication dates. It's when he wants it. Once it's the DNT practice goes out at the start of term. So if you think September's just gone, two months before that, he's really going to want it June, July time to give him time to edit and put the whole magazine together because these things do take a time. Anyway, I hope you found that helpful. Um, I'm saying that because, you know, about writing, because I think there's so much happening in design and technology, in practice and research and thinking. And I think we need to write about it. I'm going to talk in another podcast about why I think it's really important to write about it. But those are my top tips about getting started, getting writing. And if you've got ideas, I'm happy to have a look at them. Um, Pitch me your ideas and let's have a chat about it. But get writing. Let's showcase what's happening in design and technology. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking DT podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website alisonhardy.work Thanks for listening Thank you.